So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite stay. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. everyone and welcome to this podcast ruin my childhood i'm phil derasmo and this week is going to be a little bit of a different episode this past weekend i had the pleasure of working san diego comic-con and so i was going to recap for you all a couple of the things i got to see and experience while i was there because all work and no play makes phil something something go crazy don't mind if I do! On the Thursday night of Comic-Con weekend, I was able to work the Prey screening, which was the first live screening of the movie Prey for an audience. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Maui, Nita. There's something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. Whatever did this, I can kill it. Prey is a prequel to the Predator franchise. It's a brand new movie coming out on August 5th on Hulu, directed by Dan Trachtenberg of 10 Cloverfield Lane fame, as well as the pilot episode of The Boys. So this guy's already done some pretty good stuff. Prey stars Amber Midthunder as the lead character, Naru. The cast is rounded out by Dakota Beavers, Harlan Kitwayat, and Stormy Kip. And of course, The Predator is played by Dane DiLiegro. Prey takes place 300 years ago in the year 1719 in the Comanche Nation. We follow Naru, who is a female warrior in her tribe, wanting to prove herself as a true warrior and not just uh, another woman as part of the tribe who needs to take on the duties normally reserved for women. She truly does have a prowess for tracking and hunting and is trying to prove herself to the rest of her people. I'm not going to spoil too much here 
because Eric and I will do a full podcast on Prey since Predator was one of our very first episodes. We really do have a love for the franchise and we are going to go back and once he can watch the film, do a whole episode on it. But I will just say that this feels like a great callback to the original film in the franchise. The original film had Arnold and Carl and all those other guys in the jungle fighting the Predator. This film has Amber, or Naru, and her tribe in the woods fighting the Predator. And it just feels like there are a lot of really great parallels to um, to the original movie. And to be quite honest, not to give anything away from a later episode, but I do think Prey is as good as the original, if not, maybe even better. And the reason that I could think that it's better is because the original one is, it's pure 80s action, like that that schlocky action that they had in the 80s, where this film is a really beautiful telling from indigenous peoples. And it's like this this beautiful indigenous story, but also there's a predator in it. And I really think Dan Trachtenberg is just a, a wonderful director. And what he does with this film and with the the surroundings and nature, and they filmed on a um, national forest in Alberta, Canada, and it's just a gorgeous film to look at. It is very visceral. It is very brutal, but it is very beautiful. And that's where I'm going to leave it at this point. I did have the great pleasure of speaking with Dan and speaking with Dane, who plays the Predator, and he is just a massive, massive person. He is so tall. They were both wonderful human beings, and I really do wish the best for them in their careers because this movie, I think, is is just what... Dan needed to really cement himself in this horror action genre. And Dane was a really good Predator, and I hope he gets to make more of these as the Predator, and I just hope he he can continue moving up and moving on with the work he's been doing. He's been in American Horror Stories, he's been um, in music videos and commercials, and he always has these crazy prosthetics and plays these crazy, like, alien or, or... evil characters, and I just think it's a very cool little niche he's found himself in. Another amazing thing to call out is that the film is the first film to ever be completely dubbed in Comanche. So on Hulu, you're going to be able to choose the Comanche language to be able to watch it the entire movie in Comanche. And I think that's just amazing for representation and inclusion. And um, Jane Myers, who's one of the producers on the production, who is Park Comanche, said some really amazing things in the Q&A after the screening about how, for her, seeing this on screen as a woman is so impactful, and it's something she wished she had seen as a young girl, to see herself on the screen speaking a language that she grew up speaking. And when Amber Midthunder had a chance to speak, she got very emotional and almost started crying, talking about how she was embodying something that she had always wanted to see on screen as well, and that she felt a lot of weight and pressure to service 
not only the Comanche people, but all indigenous peoples. And it was just really, really uh, great to be a part of that panel and hear them speak about the movie in that way. Um, I will also say on top of that, that Amber is a badass bitch. And I think that if this movie does well, we can be talking about her character, Naru, in the same paragraph with names like Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor. So, yeah. All that to say, definitely check out Prey on Hulu on August 5th. I can't stress enough, it is such a great, beautiful, brutal film. Next up is the next screening that I worked, which was on Friday night for the 20th Century Studios film Barbarian. Barbarian truly is a straight horror film. It stars Georgina Campbell, who is in an episode of Black Mirror where she just blew everybody away. Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long round out the cast. Zach Kreger is the director, and I really don't want to give anything away from, from this movie. I tweeted after seeing the film that it's one of those types of movies that you, you shouldn't watch the trailer, you shouldn't uh, talk to anybody who's seen it. I even tweeted, don't even look at someone who's seen the film. And it really does need to be a go-in-blind kind of situation if you love horror films. This is a very unsettling kind of horror film. It is a very disturbing horror film, but it is a horror film and a really good one at that. So check out this movie, see it blind. I tweeted about it. 20th Century retweeted my tweet. The director retweeted, Justin Long retweeted. I mean, everybody that is connected to this film that has a Twitter account <laughs> retweeted the tweet that I sent because I think that's really what they want. They want people to go in without knowing what this film's about, because it is shocking. But shocking in a good way if you're a horror fan. So, again, I will stress one more time, check out Barbarian. Comes out in theaters September 9th. Check it out. Don't watch any trailers. Don't listen to what anybody says about it. Don't read reviews. Just go see it. Next on the docket for us to talk about is the Marvel Studios Animation Panel. I Am Groot's premiere date was announced for August 10th. It is going to be a five short series. The first uh, short was titled Groot Takes a Bath that was shown at the panel. Next was Spider-Man Freshman Year. Now, there's a bit of confusion about it because it seems like they're saying it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but there's no possible way it can be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he's friends with Harry Osborn, and Norman Osborn is going to be in it, and based on uh, the most recent Spider-Man No Way Home, Peter doesn't know who Norman is, and there's also a villain of Dr. Octopus, and our Peter in No Way Home didn't know who Dr. Octopus was. So it's definitely not going to be the Earth-616 version of Spider-Man for this cartoon. Now, of course, we have the multiverse, so it could be a very similar Peter Parker, 
but it is not going to be our Peter Parker. They haven't confirmed that, but I don't think they have to confirm it based on the heroes and villains and friends and whatnot that they've put alongside Peter. There was a lot of news about Daredevil that came out of Comic-Con, but this was the first bit that was announced that Charlie Cox would return to reprise his role as Daredevil in the Spider-Man freshman year show. What if season two was next and the trailer had a lot of shots of some really, really fun, cool stuff from Hela to Peter Quill, Talo in old Bucky Barnes as the, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., Tony in the Hulkbuster on Sakaar, which Sakaar was the planet that Thor landed on in Thor Ragnarok, where Hulk had been the champion. So seemingly Tony will be in the Hulkbuster as the champion, but um, there's there's going to be a lot of really, really cool stuff coming in season two of What If. I loved the first season of What If, and so I'm just glad that they're continuing with season two and announced a season three. Marvel Zombies followed, and that is going to be just a, such a fun show. I can't wait to see it. They announced the new heroes, villains, and other characters we'll see along the way. The main thing that I'm most excited for is that uh, our our good friend Jimmy Woo is going to be in the show again, so it's really great to see that John Krasinski gets another shot in the Marvel Universe after his Reed Richards made like string cheese in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Finally children of the 90s like myself were really excited to see that X-Men 97 was announced a while back and here we got to see our first uh, images of characters and some very very rough animatic footage. Gonna be very exciting if you love the X-Men cartoon back in the 90s you're gonna love this series which has already been renewed for season two. Really exciting stuff from Marvel Animation can't wait to see what uh, what's coming. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, the Marvel panel. I wasn't necessarily in Hall H per se, but I was able to watch the panel and all of the trailers that were released. Um, it was very, 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 very cool to see. Uh, it was my first Comic-Con and my first Hall H, and it was just awesome. So right out of the get-go, there was an awesome sizzle reel. Feige came out, and then walked us through phase four and then announced what phase five would contain so phase five starts with ant-man and the wasp quantumania secret invasion the show on disney plus guardians of the galaxy volume three echo on disney plus loki season two on disney plus the marvels in july of next year blade in november ironheart next fall Agatha, Coven of Chaos next winter, Daredevil, Born Again, which was a huge shock to the crowd because it's not only just a Daredevil show on Disney+, Plus, but it's an 18-episode show on Disney+. Plus. It's called Daredevil, Born Again, spring of 2024. May of 2024, we'll see our new Captain America, Sam Wilson, in his own film called Captain America, New World Order. And then in July of 2024... Phase 5 is capped with Thunderbolts, another really exciting property that uh, we'll get to see. After he went through all of Phase 5, though, we took a step back to one of the projects that's happening in Phase 4, She-Hulk. Ah! Wow! Jesus, what the hell, man? Still a 
control, no overwhelming feelings of rage. No! A normal amount of rage! You do revert back to Gen 4 when you sleep. Was the air horn really necessary? For comedy, absolutely. This is a multi-year journey you're about to embark on. The creatives and cast from She-Hulk came up and they released a brand new trailer that you can watch online, so I won't dig into it here. After She-Hulk, Kobe Smulders came out from Secret Invasion, and I will say the footage that we saw of Secret Invasion is very reminiscent of The Winter Soldier. It is a political spy thriller kind of show, and it just looks really, really, really good. Action-packed, exciting, and like I said, in the vein of The Winter Soldier, which is one of my favorite Marvel movies. So I'm very excited for Secret Invasion. Following that was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We got to see a trailer from it, which the footage just looks so good. Um, you can read online to see what the footage is supposed to be or what, you know, you could read a step-by-step of what the footage was. I'm not going to spoil any of that for anybody here. Just know that I think it is probably one of the most exciting things coming up that we saw. Um, of all the movies that are coming up, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and Black Panther 2 are probably the two I'm most excited for. I would say one of the reasons is because Jonathan Majors is Kang, and we see and hear him in the trailer, and he is just a force to be reckoned with, so I can't wait to see where he brings the Marvel franchise over the next two phases, but he is just so good. I loved him in Lovecraft Country. I thought he was great as He Who Remains in Loki, and I can't wait to see what he does in this movie and then all the way through phase five and six. Now we met He Who Remains in Loki. This is a bit of a different variant, one that fans are very, very, very highly anticipating. Tell me about this guy. <laughs> there will be conquering. And I want to point one more thing out. Uh, Peyton, Kevin, they look like Modoc. There might have been a yeah. There might have been a shot at Modoc. Cool. Just wanted to confirm. (laughs) Confirmed. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three came up next. And James Gunn came out and mentioned that 10 years ago, that same week, is when he went and pitched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 to Kevin. And it's just very, very cool, and it was very heartwarming and emotional to see James on stage with his cast talking about this full circle um, experience, full circle journey that they've had from when he first had the idea and pitched it to now when he was showing us footage for the first time uh, and cast saw footage for the first time. And so with the trailer that they showed during Comic-Con, the cast came out after watching it and they all were in tears. You could see how much of a family the Guardians of the Galaxy group have become over these three films that they've made, including bringing in the new additions that they did Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, and Maria Bakalova as Cosmo the Space Dog. Again, I don't want to give away too much of the footage. You can read about it online if you want, or just wait to see it when it comes out. I will say the film seems like it has 
two major plots. One is Quill's journey reckoning with what's gone on with Gamora, and the other is Rocket's creation into what he is today. And who made Rocket what he is today? Well, it seems like the main antagonist in the film is going to be the High Evolutionary, played by Chuck Uwuji. Chuck was in the Peacemaker TV series, and he was great in it, so I'm excited to see what he brings to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I will say, though, he did come out in full costume, regalia, makeup, everything was all done as the High Evolutionary, and he was milking that moment in Hall H. He came out, and he was telling everybody that they were scum and that he wants to take their DNA and manipulate it and change them into a better being, a more evolved being. But like I said, he milked it, he played it, he loved it, and the fans and crowd loved him. After Guardians Volume 3, Kevin then surprised the crowd by announcing three items that are coming in Phase 6. First was what's kicking off Phase 6, which is Fantastic Four. And that date is November of 2024. Then he moved on to skipping ahead through many other dates and unannounced movies and TV shows that they have on the docket to May 5th of 2025 for the first of two Avengers movies that will close out Phase 6, Avengers The Kang Dynasty, and then November 7th of 2025, Avengers Secret Wars. All of this, Phases 4 through 6, are, going, are being called the Multiverse Saga. So phases one through three was the Infinity Saga. Now phases four through six is the Multiverse Saga. Can't wait to see what happens with all the way up to the Kang Dynasty and then into Secret Wars because it is a multiversal war. So really, really excited to see what they bring back or who they pull in or what different variants of characters we get to meet. Needless to say, it's going to be a very exciting next couple years in the MCU. But that's not where the panel ended. Kevin and Marvel Studios still had one final thing to share in Hall H, and that was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. whole cast came out. We got to meet Tanosh, who plays Namor. There were dancers and musicians that came out at first to introduce the film, and it was just a beautiful moment in Hall H where all of the fans were being swept up in this beautiful cultural moment. And Denai Guerrera even said on stage when it was her time to speak how beautiful it was for her to see all of the people in the crowd listening to and enjoying the music of Africa that was that was being performed for them right there between this bongo players and drum players and musicians and singer and, and dancers and it was just very 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 cool and emotional and you know capping off the fact that they 
as a group paid respect to Chadwick Boseman and how he was there with them. There was just, there were tears all over the stage. Everybody was just so, so emotional about this film that they were putting together. And like I said before, how the Guardians of the Galaxy team seemed like a family. This group definitely seemed like a family. And um, it just was a beautiful moment on stage. Tanosh, who plays Namor, also came out and he said his piece that was also beautiful as well, both in English and in Spanish. Tanosh, before you even took the stage, you could hear people shouting Namor. And now you can say it out loud. How does that feel? And what does this moment feel like for you? Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited and I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor. <laughs> I want to say something really fast about inclusion. Please. I come from the hood. Seriously. And thanks to inclusion, I'm here. I wouldn't be here without inclusion. And a lot of kids are there in their hood, looking at us, dreaming to be here. He wants other kids that live in places like he lived to be able to look at him and say, that can be me, and that it truly can be them. And that was, again, another beautiful emotional moment for this this cast um, in Hall H. It was just very, very powerful and very moving. And then, of course, they played the trailer. And as many of you, I'm sure, have already seen, the trailer is gorgeous. It's exciting. It's just uh, probably my most anticipated film in the whole slate of Phase 5, between Phase 4 and 5 that's coming. I really think Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be an amazing film. And I can't wait to see Namor in the MCU and what we do with Namor in the MCU moving forward. So that kind of puts a cap on what I wanted to share about Comic-Con. The only other thing I'll really get into right now is just the floor. The show floor is... Uh, Really fun and exciting. There's a lot of really cool booths and a lot of vendors and some really great installations. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Mattel Creations booth where they had the Jurassic Park um, Gennaro T-Rex outhouse scene as a toy that you can now get from Mattel. So that was very, very cool to see. It was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. They sold it online, but it also sold out online, and then you could only get it at Comic-Con. The Funko area was very cool. They made a little Funkoville, which was a couple storefronts for Loungefly, Mondo, and Funko, and it was like little streets that you could walk down. It was just a very cool little place also with some San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. Star Wars was there, and they had a couple costumes from Obi-Wan, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Andor upcoming. One of my personal favorites, Roosevelt's, was there with Lucas uh, on the side of the Lucasfilm booth, and they were selling Lucas shirts or Star Wars shirts through their Roosevelt's brand, which was very cool. Yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, there there was just some some pretty fun stuff, some installations from Disney+, Plus, Nickelodeon, Mattel. Um, It was just a a pretty cool event, pretty cool show floor. So that's that's where I'm going to leave you all. Uh, I appreciate you listening to my musings about San Diego Comic-Con. 
I hope this shed some light on what I experienced at Comic-Con, and it was my first and hopefully not my last. But if there are any takeaways for you, please, 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 please watch Prey on Hulu on August 5th, and if you love horror movies, check out Barbarian when it comes out in September. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Fildimo, F-I-L-D-I-M-O. You can also follow the podcast at Podcast Ruined on Instagram and Twitter. I hope this look back at San Diego Comic-Con did not ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. That's the great amazing thing about the MCU, about all these different ensembles we have. And it occurs to me, we have a little bit of time left. And there are a couple of ensembles we haven't mentioned yet. And I wonder if you guys wouldn't mind looking ahead a little bit with me to phase six. <laughs> phase six, confirming Fantastic Four. Now there's a lot of dates there, and I am not, there'll be plenty of time to have more surprises to take you through everything, but you might want to know how Phase 6 ends. And there are two films that bring Phase 6 to a close. Of course, once we have gotten through Phase 4, Phase 5, Phase 6, that will complete the second saga of the MCU, which is of course, the Multiverse Saga.